If a friend told you they were polyamorous, what would you think? To more and more people, being poly is an effective way of having all of your emotional and sexual needs met by having multiple partners. And as we learnt last time on Let's Talk About Sex, there are so many different ways in which this can work. You could be in a couple who occasionally has a third person in the bedroom, or you could have rules around when one person can have relations outside of the partnership. You could be in a love triangle or a square. The list goes on and on. For some people, being in a non-monogamous relationship sounds like a dream come true and to others a nightmare. Today I want to get to the bottom of what's involved in maintaining a healthy, satisfying, polyamorous relationship with my guest today, sexual and relationship therapist Tanya Coombs. Morning Bridie. Thank you so much for coming in today. Tanya, what are the main reasons people decide to try polyamory? Well, um, there's lots and lots of different reasons, but it can boil down to one of two things. They either want more of some things or they want different things. So when people want more, they might want more romance. They might want more attention. They, they might want more sex than their partner. They might want more time doing specific activities. Um, yeah, lots, lots of different reasons that way. And, and that's, yeah, that's one way. And, or they might want different. So they might want different sexual activities to their partner. Say one person's kinky and the other one isn't. And it, you know, they can agree that they can go outside of the relationship and have some fun, kinky experience elsewhere and then come back into the relationship and continue their loving, loving stuff, right? Or, you know, they might want to be more adventurous. Some people just like the novelty of new people and exploring that way, you know, and it keeps their relationship invigorated because they can come back and tell stories about, I had this great date and this was so exciting, all sorts of things. And it also, for some people, it works with differences in libido. So yeah. today we want to talk about how you can do poly properly. So while you might be having those feelings that you want to go out and maybe have the exciting experience of new people, yeah. what are some of the all too common problems that people seem <laughs> to find when they're ex- experimenting with poly? Uh, and there are many, <laughs> yes. I always say to people that poly isn't really for the faint-hearted. Um, a lot of people open up their relationship, they declare it open and they just charge out there and they don't talk it through. And I think that's really, really dangerous because they don't expect to hit any hurdles along the way. And with relating like this, you need to be very switched on. I call it grown-up relating, right? So you really need to be able to talk about relationships. So the advice I give to people considering it is you really need to talk about this until it doesn't sound sexy anymore. Then you're probably ready. So answering questions, you know, talking with each other about well what if I get jealous what are we going to do what if you're on a date and I'm not what if um, what if you ask one of my friends out you know that might not be kosher with me or what if you're spending more time with somebody else than me and I'm starting to feel a bit pouty about that when are we going to have quality time what about safer sex Um, are we having sex in our house with other people or in our bed there's you know are we going to tell other people that we're doing this do our family and friends need to know Um, How many people exactly do you want to go out and date? Do you want to date one other or 25 others? Like there's a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of negotiating that needs to be gone over. But a a lot of the things you just listed then seem to come under a bit of a maybe a jealousy umbrella. (laughs) Would you say that's like one of the biggest sort of issues with polyamory that people sort of find? Yeah, I think so. I think it's not when, it's not if but when you run into jealousy when you're running relationships like this. Because we we live in a very sort of um, monogamous, heteronormative world. So that that one relationship with the one true love is kind of really um, pushed. So people feel... um, 
Yeah, they feel all sorts of things at different times. Now, jealousy is a legit feeling, right? We get it when there's a, a, a threat to our relationship. So it's worth paying attention to because sometimes our partner might date somebody that hasn't got their same intentions as we do. They might want to steal a partner or have more time or cause some kind of threat to the relationship. Um, there's another reason jealousy comes up and that's if we have an insecurity. So it might be that we're not feeling good enough or, you know, oh, that person looks looks prettier than me or they're, they're a bit sexier than me or they play tennis better than me or they, they can cook and I can't, that sort of stuff, which might feel a little bit threatening, but that's our work then to sit with and be like, all right, I'm going to name this as an insecurity of mine. I'm going to put it out there. I might need some help with that, but that one's mine. And the other person should probably take that on board right yeah they can be kind about that there's no you know there's there's no joy in saying well that's your shit sorted out right it's yeah. it's about oh i'm really sorry you're feeling like that how can i help you yeah um it's not up to them to to do the fixing but it's like okay i, I want to be next to you and help you with this you know what what could help you feel a little better in this so the main sort of um, maintenance we need to do is talk about polyamory if we're going to try it. Oh, my gosh. It. Talking, 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 talking. Um, I, I think I said last week I had a client that said, you know, Tanya, if you want to do polyamory, you really need to like talking about relationships. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't find that sexy, right? It's, it's, it's not as hot as thinking, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to jump on top of people and have all these adventures. It's like, oh, you mean I've got to talk about relating? That's not so fun. Uh, give us a text in if you're listening in and thinking, I reckon I could give Polly a try. 0409-945-945. Would you try it or do you reckon you'd be too jealous? And if you have tried it, remember to text in as well. You can remain anonymous. Have your questions answered by Tanya Coons, our sexologist here on Let's Talk About Sex this morning. I am joined by Tanya Coons, our resident sexologist here on Mornings. Thank you so much for coming in. We asked you before the break uh, what you thought about doing poly. Would you give it a go? Would you be too jealous? On 0409-945-945, we had someone text in and say, I don't reckon I could do poly. I find talking and keeping up with one person difficult enough. Ha ha. What do you think of that, Tanya? Do you think it is enough work to maintain a one-on-one relationship, let alone taking on more? Yeah. I, I, one yes, because I, I work with people, all sorts of relationships, and yes, it takes each relationship takes time and investment, and that, that sort of brings me to one of the things that if you want to do poly, you need to look at scheduling. It's you know we only have. 24 hours in the day and so there are some limits there you know we have an infinite capacity to love so we can love many many people but we can't spend lots and lots of time with everybody because we only have 24 hours in the day so um, making sure that we're not biting off too much than we can chew um, you know if, if we're starting one new relationship do we want to start three at the same time because that's going to take a bit of time to invest in and slot into our life and and see what's going without neglecting the people that are already there So scheduling, very important. So just quickly on that, do you think it's better to, if you were thinking of doing this, be in a relationship for a longer period of time with one person before starting another relationship with someone else? Ooh, um, that's well, there are different ways. Some people do what's called solo poly. So they're single and they're dating lots of people. And the part about that being poly is the ethical part, which is, hi, I'm letting you know I'm seeing other people. So, um, and then you've got, so if, if somebody was asking you out, you're like, oh, you're poly. Okay. How many people are you seeing? You know, I just want to check if there's room for me to fit in here mm. as well. Because I know for myself, I like to feel 
important, right? Um, if it's only 5% of your time and I still feel important, great. But if you're so busy that you can't spend the time to help me feel important, then maybe that's not going to be the right relationship for me. Other people might be like, yep, I'm fine if you call me once a month and that's great. And is that a first date conversation, do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, because, well, it's really interesting. There's a lot of people who start dating people and then say, oh, by the way, I've got a girlfriend or a boyfriend, which that's probably not fair because it's not all the information. I mean, people do like to know if other people are married. So I think it's it's like, well, you're involved with someone else. Give me all the information and I can make my decisions accordingly. Let's talk about some of the other ways that are important uh, to maintaining and making a polyamorous relationship work. We talked about scheduling. There's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. What else What else are the sort of things you need to do? We talked about talking before as yeah. well. Yeah, open and honest communication. And I, I think you'll see a theme in, in the answers here is that if – if we don't talk about it, then we're, you know, we could get surprises and surprises are never good, right? So even if you're scared of not getting what you want, it's a good idea to say to your partner, I'm thinking about doing this because then the two of you can talk about it together. Oh, that could be partners as well. Um, so everybody's across it. I find that it's much better to forward announce something like I'm going to, I want to go on a date this Saturday rather than back announce I went on a date yesterday. You can, can you see there'd be a difference in reaction to people on that? And thank you for putting it into radio terms so I can understand as well. (laughs) Back announce and forward announce is yes. something I'm very familiar with. <laughs> That's great. And and regular check-ins as well. And I would advocate this for any relationship. You know, it reduces the surprises and it gives people a chance to talk about things that might be feeling funny. So um, I'll often talk to people saying, have a clearing meeting once a week. You know, sit down, say the things that you appreciate about each other and the things you think are going well and anything you might need to apologise about. And then let's talk about what might be bugging us or something that needs sorting out you know it could be like I'm so excited you've got a new sweetie but I'm feeling a little bit left out could we have a special date night something like that and then it's sorted rather than sitting there and simmering away going I don't like your new sweetie I'm feeling really ripped off here Mm. yeah that sort of thing and the scheduling again planning in advance when you're going to spend your time I think a lot of people think poly means spontaneous loving it's far from that it's far from that yeah. So does that mean you should probably put a cap on how many different people you see, given there are only 24 hours a day? Everyone <laughs> needs to feel special who you're dating. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on the kinds of people you're seeing and the expectations they have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, it, it's, a, it's a negotiation. It's like, well, hi, I've got lots of partners, um, but I'm looking for another. And then people might be like, oh, I think you've got, you know, too many people on your dance card for me. Or actually, that works really well with me. I've got some partners and um, I wouldn't mind just, you know, seeing someone as exciting as you a little just infrequently. It really depends on what you want. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, would you say that uh, there are there's in your experience, what are the most sort of successful polyamorous relationships look like? Uh, they're the ones where people talk, yeah, and, and, and negotiate. And also what's really interesting is they're the ones where people hold each other lightly so there are less rules. There's a lot of trust, right? So people will talk about things up front like how's this going to work for us, what are we going to do, where are potential downfalls for us, and then they trust that their partner is going to treat them well and they trust their partner's going to come back to them and be with them, right? So it's what um, Janet Hardy and Dossie Easton call holding lightly in their book, The Ethical Slut, which is like a a Bible on how to do poly, Mm. right? So 
trust it's, there's a lot of trust I think because if you're insecure then you're going to want to make rules about you can't do this and you can't do that and not this person not that kind of person and then everything's going to feel very tight and constricted and strength there'll be like a stranglehold on what you can do that doesn't feel like it's in the spirit of um, ethical non-monogamous relating then on the text line, someone's chimed in, Yay. if I may. People often mention how much more talking is involved in polyamorous relationships. But if you're not having frequent conversations about your lives together in monogamous relationships, you risk just staying together through inertia rather than being its fulfilling, relation, uh, its fulfilling relationship for yeah. both of you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you, people sometimes stay together out of fear. Um, or if you're not talking in your um, primary relationship and decide to go and do poly, how do you think that's going to go? <laughs> right? Often when I'm doing sex therapy with people, I look at how they communicate first because talking about sex is difficult for many people. So if you don't have good communication skills, we're going to have trouble doing that. So I'll do a, a pulse check and just see how well they communicate. Maybe teach them some ways to communicate like like that little meeting or other things like that to help them drop their defences and speak to each other. Tanya, is Polly harder than standard two-person monogamous relationships? Do you see like more problems in either one in your line of work? Oh, gee, that's... um. That's such an it's an interesting question. I think there are pro problems specific to each. Um, it really depends on the people involved. You know, if you're honest with yourself and you trust your partner, then many many things are possible. Um, but I have, as I said at the beginning, I'm always said that poly relationships aren't for the faint-hearted. You know, they need to be adult relationships where people need to own their own feelings and they need to be able to talk about them and take responsibility for their feelings and any mistakes they may make because people do make mistakes doing this. There's no hard and fast guideline with any relationship. Um, just before we uh, say goodbye today to you, Tanya Coons, a resident sexologist, I wanted to ask <laughs> one more thing. Is there anything... Uh, any reasons that you can see that people should not go out and get into polyamorous, polyamorous uh, relationships because of? Yeah. Um, yes, I don't think people should do poly to save their relationship. A lot of people come to me and say, we think our struggling relationship could be saved if we open it up. I'm not so sure that's a great idea. It's got to be strong. It needs to be strong. You need to have a solid foundation. I also think that there are some people that are wired, you know, with a little bit of an anxious attachment style. Um, so you need to be aware of that. People with anxious attachment style can do poly. There's no two ways about that. But it will be more difficult, right? So it's looking at you know, knowing yourself, knowing, you know what, I'm going to get a little bit jealous or anxious about this. So I might have more work to do than somebody who doesn't get jealous and gets very excited to see me out with my, my lover. Yeah. Thank you so much for answering all my questions today on polyamory. You can keep sending your te uh, texts in for Tanya on 0409 945 Yay. 945 and we'll try to get to them next time we do Let's Talk About Sex here on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. Thanks for having me, Bridie. Thanks for coming in today. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.